Good evening. Uh, let's, let's pray just before we get kicked into this, but part of the night, let's, let's go to God and pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you that you have called us to yourself. Um, you've made a way for us to, to come to you through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Um, and Lord, we thank you that you are at work in our lives. Um, Lord, as we hear stories of your grace this evening, would you continue to work in our hearts and lives? Would you stir up in our hearts a love for you and a desire to follow you in, in every aspect of our lives? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, at CE, we love to give um, people opportunities to, to share stories about God's grace in, in their lives. We love to do that with you, regular CE folk, uh, but when the opportunity presents itself, it's really good to do that uh, with some big names, and you know it's big names tonight because Gilly was pacing nervously beforehand, and I've only really seen him do that when Rico Tice is coming, or, or Maud Kells, and she was, she's awesome because she got shot for Jesus, so you know it's, it's a big night. Uh, tonight, we're delighted to have uh, Serena and Bethany Barr with us. They're heavily involved in Charlene's project, so we'll hear a bit about that as well. They, they play a bit of hockey, so we'll hear about that too. Uh, and they follow Jesus, and hopefully we'll hear about that the whole way through tonight. Would you give them a, a big welcome as they come up to the front? Thank you so much for coming down. Uh, I guess the first question is, who is Serena, who is Bethany, and how do your teammates tell you apart in the hockey field? Yes, so I'm Serena. I'm glad you said Serena and Bethany. Everyone usually says Bethany and Serena, so they get it the wrong way around. Okay. Um, I like to say I'm the alpha twin, um, but this is Bethany. Our teammates kind of uh, get us mixed up every now and then. Our dad still gets us mixed up, um, but I wear a yellow headband and Bethany wears a pink headband, so that's how people would tell us apart flawless, in the pitch. Flawless, yeah. fantastic. Um, I've got some quick-fire questions for you to start off with, so just don't think, just answer. Uh, tea or coffee? Coffee, definitely. Coffee. Uh, cat or dog? Neither. Yeah, I have to say neither. No, that, I'm not, a lover. No, that wasn't an option. I didn't realize <laughs> yeah. you gave neither as an option, but there you go. Beach or the mountains? Beach. Mountains. Beach was the correct answer. Uh, yeah. Summer or winter? Summer. Yeah. Summer. Uh, what's your go-to for takeaway? What would you... Dream takeaway. What, what are you getting? Dream takeaway. Um, salt and chili chicken at the Chinese. Okay. Yeah, honey chili chicken. With chips. Right, so you're a basic white girl, so it's good to know. <laughs> yeah. um, a favorite band or musician? Um, I'm going to answer Bethany's for Any Anytime a song comes on and we say, who's the musician? Bethany just automatically says Coldplay or Snow Patrol because she doesn't know anyone else. Okay. Um, I would say Ed Sheeran. And would that be accurate? Yeah, very accurate. <laughs> uh, what's the best book you've ever read? You can't say the Bible. <laughs> oh, um, I'm actually reading a very good book at the minute. It's called I Am Pilgrim. Okay. Um, I would say one that comes to mind is Radical by David Platt. Okay, great book. Um, what's the last thing you watched on Netflix? Um, I was watching Dairy Girls. Fantastic. Yeah. Stranger Things. Okay, also good. Uh, and your favorite flavor of ice cream would be? Um, honeycomb. Yeah, honeycomb. That, that's the correct answer. Um, okay, <laughs> would you rather wear someone else's underwear or use someone else's toothbrush? Oh. Neither. That's not an option. You have to pick. <laughs> Wear someone else's underwear. Seriously, right? Yeah. But if they're clean. <laughs> Definitely use someone else's toothbrush. Oh. Really? Yeah. Okay, there we go. Um, would you rather feel like you're always about to sneeze but can't or have the hiccups for the rest of your life? Feel like you sneeze but you can't. Yeah, agree. Same for that. Great. She just copies me. Yeah, it looks like that. Um, do you have any pre-match superstitions before you play a big game? I would have to say I do. Um, I'm trying to get rid of it because it's not a healthy one. Yeah, we're going to have to stop that here. Uh, we don't believe in superstitions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Um, I used to, now I'm trying to stop it, but I used to have to have chocolate before every game. Which I, doesn't work if it's like a 10 a.m. game. I'm gonna change or my answer, but I'm totally on board with that. <laughs> so, what about you? Um, not generally, no. Okay. I wouldn't. Very good. Uh, and most embarrassing moment, what would you say? Well, I, I find that a hard question to answer, but Serena and me, when we were in primary school, we didn't used to speak at all. We were the quietest people. You would come around and ask Peter McClelland. Um, and when we were in P3, I remember going up to the teacher and saying, uh, Miss McCollum, we have a sore stomach. I don't think I knew what the pronoun I meant. So I was talking on behalf of both Serena and I for some reason. That's pretty good. Oh, goodness. Um, I can't actually think of one for myself, but I think I really want to throw Bethany under the bus here. Do um, it, do it. She's going to hate me, so... There was one time in secondary school, we were on the way on the bus home. Um, it was in Banbridge Academy. Um, and uh, so she was quite old at this stage, you know. The head's shaking here, as you know. So maybe second true. year. And she was like, I really need the toilet. So she was like texting mum on the way home saying, you know, mum, please be at the bus stop for us coming home to get us home. And of course, Janice being Janice was Typical. late. Say it's not my fault. Um, and... We're standing waiting, and, I, and Bethany's like, I really need to go, I really need to go, I really need to go. And I was like, okay, okay. And I turn around, and all of a sudden, she's wetting herself beside the flowers. And like she's like, cover me, cover me. And I was like, Bethany, stand beside the flowers. And the thing is, she couldn't hide it because she was in cream tights. So I was like, oh, goodness, bless us. So then we made her walk home because we were like, you're not getting in the car smelling like that. Her embarrassing moment for you was better than your embarrassing <laughs> moment for you. Um, Bethany, what's, what's worse for you, being from Lurgan or being allergic to avocado? Oh, um, that's a rough one. No, definitely been allergic to avocado. Lurgan is, is brill. It's Lurgan's the not. better part of Craig um, Avon now. You're the first person I've ever heard to be allergic to avocado. That must I be, that must be very gotten. strange. And your boyfriend loves guacamole, isn't that right? Yeah. So, I mean, more for him, so I guess that's good. She's just looking out for herself, making sure she doesn't get sick. Yeah, it's good. Um, what about you guys? Um, growing up, what was life like for you? What, tell us a bit about life growing up, uh, your family where you're from, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, growing up, we're part of a big family. Um, there's eight of us all together. So um, our brother's very lucky, is five younger sisters. Um, so Serena and me are the youngest in the family. Um, and, you know, life was always hectic, um, having so many of us around. Um, but life was also complicated too. Um, we spent a lot of our time going back and forth to the hospital. Um, our older sister, um, Charlene, was born with cystic fibrosis. Um, so she was in and out of the hospital. Um, you know, she often had to go in for IV antibiotics, had physiotherapy, and that was just normal for us, um, traveling up and down the road to Belfast. Um, so yeah, life was crazy, um, but it was just something that we took as normal. Um, I guess we'll get talking about Charlene and, and her work in a bit, and hockey as well. Um, Uganda, you say, is, is huge for you guys. Uh, you've been back and forth there a good number of times, uh, even with people from CE. Um, can you tell us a bit about the, what was the first time like when you went to Uganda? What was that experience like for you? Yes, yeah, so we uh, first went to Uganda back in 2008. And it was a huge um, step for our family. So our dad um, and our older sister and brother had been uh, out before. And um, my dad always wanted to bring our family out. But my mum had always said no because she was scared of mice. And she was just like, I, I, don't, I don't think I would enjoy it. Um, but then one day, like, mum and dad had talked about it and mum was reluctant. And one day someone um, knocked on the door of our house, a family friend, and said... Um, 
you know, God has just placed it on my heart to give you this money for you to bring your family out to Uganda. And mum was gobsmacked. She was just like, oh, I can't say no now, <laughs> you know. Um, so, and they had no idea. So then um, we went out um, in 2008 and it had a huge impact on us as a family um, and in particular Shirlene um, because Shirlene had been adopted um, and she had been um, sick um, in and out of hospital and whenever she went there she saw lots of orphans um, who didn't have um, the same opportunities that Shirlene had had through having an education, through um, having the health care that we have um, and it had a huge impact on her um, and all of us um, and you know uh, whenever she came back she realised you know I want I want to do something with my life, I want to make a difference um, and and it was a huge turning point for Shirlene in, in allowing us to love her because she had a lot of identity issues through being adopted. Um, so yeah. Yeah, anything to add to that? Um, a Bible verse that we would talk about a lot um, in regards to adoption um, is Romans 8, 15. Um, for God did not give us a spirit of slavery, which leads to fear, um, but he gave us a spirit of adoption, which leads to us calling Abba Father. And I think, you know, for Shirlene, um, Shirlene, for a lot of her life, fought against adoption and the love that we as a family wanted to give her. Um, and, you know, it's exactly the same as us with our heavenly father we can fight against accepting his love and his adoption of us and human adoption can in no means compare to the adoption that God has for each of us and you know we can fight against that but it's only when we surrender to him and accept his adoption into his family that we can experience the joy and the love that he has for us you know and it was the same um, with Shirlene whenever she came back from Uganda you know she her life turned around and, and her faith really began to mean so much more to her. Um, so that's kind of something that really challenged her when she came back as well. That's amazing. Can you tell us a bit more about Charlene? And so she goes to Uganda with you guys. She sees um, disparity between what she has uh, grown up in Northern Ireland, what they have out there. Tell us a bit about that. What, what did she do as a result of that? Mm-hmm. So whenever um, Charlene came back from Uganda, our our whole family was like, you know, we have to go again, we have to go back. And um, Shirlene, whenever, so we had planned to go back the following summer, um, but Shirlene's health took a turn for the worse. Um, and, you know, um, Shirlene was then had to go on the double lung transplant um, list and she had to drop out of school. And this was a huge um, thing for our family because for all of us, Shirlene had always hidden her, um, not hidden her illness from us, but as Bethany and I were the younger sisters, she had always, you know, put on a brave face and, and, and been the older big sister to us. Um, and whenever she was put in the double lung transplant list, it was kind of a reality check for all of us as to wh- how, how her health had deteriorated. Um, and it was, we were sitting in Nando's one night whenever Shirlene had just heard the news, um, um, as we always do, we have big chats over food. Um, and Shirlene, you know, the, the, the mood was low. We were, we were all sad. And then all of a sudden, Shirlene perked up and she said, you know, if I have to drop out of school, I want to make sure that others can go to school. And we were like, well, what do you mean? And she was like, well, the children in Uganda, they, they, they don't have the schools that we have. I want to make sure that they can go to school. And 
then all of a sudden, the, you know, the mood changed, the chat happened, and, you know, all us kids were, like, backing her to the help. We were like, yeah, Shireen, you can do this. And mum and dad were like, no, no, what are you doing? Like, come on now, you know, this, this is a bit of reality. Um, but, like, you know, if anyone had walked past the table that night, they would have thought we were celebrating something massive, you know, in comparison to the news we'd just been given. So um, <clears throat> that night we were driving home in Shireen, we dropped Shirlene at the hospital and we were driving home and she was already setting up things on her laptop and getting all these ideas on board. So that was kind of the birth of Shirlene's project that night. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, you think the things which Satan wants for evil, God wants for good. And Shirlene really took that on board that night. Brilliant. So she has this idea in, in the handos. Um, what, what's going on now? What's become of Shirlene's project for those who, who haven't heard of that? Yeah, so as Serena said, you know, that was the birth and we didn't know what was ahead and it's just been absolutely amazing. You know, um, next year will be 10 years since Charlene passed and Charlene would never have dreamed in a million years all that has been able to be achieved. Um, you know, and I think that's the amazing thing of what God can do when we come to him with the very little that we have, he can use it and multiply it. Um, and since, since that night, um, you know, Charlene came and started raising money, having fundraisers, was on her laptop, she spoke in schools, um, news, news, BBC, UTV, all got behind her and shared the story and the people of Northern Ireland really came behind and supported. Um, and within, you know, we all said, you know, Charlene, it's gonna take a while to raise the money for, for a school. Um, but within a few months, 120,000 was raised and the money just came in and the money was there for the school to be built. Um, so we as a family went out and we picked the school for Charlene because Charlene was unable to travel to Uganda because she was too ill. Um, and the school that we found was called Hidden Treasure and we thought, you know, even the name of it is amazing because Charlene herself was a hidden treasure. Um, you know, Charlene was born with cystic fibrosis, spent her whole first year in hospital um, and um, was not wanted by her own family, um, yet she was a hidden treasure and she was used by God to do extraordinary things. So that was the first school and um, sadly, um, Charlene passed away before that school was built um, and that was not the story we would have wanted. Um, we prayed for years that the lung, or for, for months that the lung transplant would come and it didn't um, and that can be hard. Um, but, you know, God's plans were greater and God's plans were better. And, you know, we often think, you know, yes, we would have loved if Charlene had have got her lung transplant and was still here with us today. Um, but we can only see part of the picture. And God is painting such a massive and bigger tapestry than we can see. Um, so we as a family sat down after Charlene passed and, you know, we looked at her journals and things that she had left. And, you know, we saw that she wanted this to be the first school of many. And, um, you know, all the dreams that she had, and we sat down and said, you know, this cannot be the end, you know, so um, we as a family have continued Charlene's project um, in Charlene's legacy, um, and um, now, in coming into t being in 2020, um, we're now, we've started the 2020 vision, um, and we're supporting eight primary schools in Uganda, um, which are in the same area and west of Uganda in a cluster. Um, there's been three schools in Guatemala and two in the Turkey-Syrian border. Um, and, you know, it's just been absolutely amazing to see um, what has happened in such a short amount of time. But it wouldn't be possible without the support of people here. Um, so, yeah, that's been kind of a brief background. That's, that's a pretty incredible story. What would you say made Charlene special? What, what helped her to be able to do this? Um, I think, you know, it can be 
whenever you, t you hear stories about things that people do that's amazing, you're like, wow, they, they, they have something that I don't have. Um, but Charlene was, she was ordinary like you and I. Um, she just gave her life over to God. Um, and ultimately, God had the glory and God does have the glory. And that's the message we want to share. Like, you know, Charlene had her flaws. She wasn't perfect, um, just like you and I aren't perfect. Um, but, you know, God really took hold in her life and, and he saved her. Um, and that's, that's the thing that we always say, you know, we would have loved Charlene to have had that physical healing, but God brought about that spiritual healing to her heart. And, and ultimately she um, is in heaven, you know, with him celebrating. And, and that's what we would want every person here to be able to have. Yeah, and no, I, I agree completely with what Serena said, and Charlene was no different than any one of us, and I think I just want to challenge every person here today, you know, kind of what I was saying earlier, if we take our loaves and our fish and give them to God, he can multiply it and he can use it, and every single one of you, you have skills, you have talents, you're unique, and God can use every one of you. The, the night before Charlene passed away, she sat with my mum and dad, and Charlene doesn't often get down, and she sat with them, and she said, mum and dad, can I talk to you by myself for a second? And that's unusual, because we all sit down and talk as a family. And she said, I just have three questions for you. She said, one, if I die, I'm never going to beat you, mum, in the number of kids I'm going to have. And Charlene used to always joke, mum, you had six, I'm going to have seven. And mum joked her and said, Shireen, look at all the numbers of children that you have helped in Uganda. You have had much more of an impact than I ever will have. And she said, okay, okay. And the next question she had was, mum, if I die, will I go to heaven? And mum goes, Charlene, how do you get to heaven? And Shireen said, by trusting in Jesus. And mum said, okay then. And Shireen goes, yes, yes, okay. And the last thing she said was, mum, what have I done with my life? And mum said, Charlene, look at Charlene's project. But the thing was, Charlene couldn't see it. And often we can't see it. We look at ourselves and think, what can I do? But just give what you have to God and trust in him, and he can use you in amazing ways. And that's what Charlene's life has challenged us in what we do. And I want to challenge you today as you go out, give your loaves and fish to him and he can multiply it. Oh, that's, that's beautiful. Uh, I guess segueing from, from that, given what you have to God, um, from Charlene's project to you guys playing a bit of hockey. How does, how does that fit into you, you guys playing hockey? Yeah, so um, we love hockey. Like we, Shirlene was always our biggest fan. She was at all our school hockey games. Um, but uh, you know, for us, we feel that God has given us the talents and gifts to play hockey, and we want to use it to glorify Him. Um, so you know, for us, we would always, whenever we have our games, we would always draw a cross on our arms and write uh, the letters A O One um, to stand for Audience of One, um, and it's because you know we want to give the glory over to him um, and it can in that kind of environment um, where you know you're constantly competing with your teammates for selection it can be a dog eat dog world um, and it can be like that in in a lot of scenarios and in, in situations we find ourselves in in work in the workplace and everything um, but you know for us we would try and um, you know 
hold ourselves and it's 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 brilliant that we have each other and hold each other accountable to try and be different um you know you can be defined in those scenarios by your performance but we ultimately always say you know we are defined by Jesus and and what he's done for us not by our last performance um but by that and that's what we kind of try to hold on to in, in those scenarios what are the difficulties i guess um some people here play sport, they might play rugby or hockey or whatever it is, uh, and they play with teammates who don't believe in Jesus, who might use Jesus as a curse word rather than something to, uh, to cherish. What are the difficulties you find in playing hockey, and I guess playing at a high level as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it can be difficult. You know, it's, it's a very secular world sport, um, and I think it's important, you know, there's throughout university when you were in Leeds and I was in Dublin, um, we found it very helpful to go to things like Christians and Sports Group and um, go to places like that where there's other Christians who are playing maybe the same sport as yourself or different sports. Um, and they can be an encouragement and a challenge to you to try and in small ways share your faith with your teammates and to be different and to be a witness to them, um, whether that's through not cursing on the pitch or whether that's um, through just showing little acts of kindness. Um, and I think, you know, the more you can get together, if you have other Christians on the team and pray together, I think one of the most special things to me um, was most recently when we were down in Dublin, um, just before the Olympic qualifiers, um, Serena, myself and Lena, another Christian on the team, got together on the pitch before um, the games and prayed together. Um, and, you know, it is, it's one of those things, you know, you you know um, that God is with you, but just those times are so special and it reminds you of why you're there. Um, so I think it's important and to get those um, accountability around you um, and have those kind of groups that, that can pour into you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think as well, getting to things like this is brilliant because it keeps you getting that fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. And as Bethany said, it's that accountability piece. It's that giving it over to God in, in praise and worship, um, which is so, so important. You mentioned there also about AO, AO1, audience of one. Tell me a bit about that. What's that, what's that mean to you? Yeah, so um, it basically just means audience of one. So we would want to glorify God on the pitch and off the pitch. Um, And we we just want to play for him because we feel that he has put us um, and blessed us to put us in these scenarios and in this situation and on the team. And and we want to give it back to him. Tokyo 2020 coming up. How can we pray for you guys, hockey or even non-hockey related? Yeah, I think um, 2020 is a big year for, for us hockey-wise and for Charlene's project. Um, obviously, 2020, the Olympics is coming up. And, you know, there is, um, I think, for a lot of the girls on the team, it can become your sole focus and your sole vision. Um, so just prayer for us that we can be different and that we can witness to the girls. Um, there's 24 of a squad at the minute and 18 will be selected to go, 16 of who will play and two who will um, go as reserves. Um, so just prayer that whether we're picked, whether we're not, that we can witness to the girls and be an example um, of what Jesus was to us. Um, and then for Charlene's project as well, um, the 2020 vision um, is massive. Um, we support, as I said, eight primary schools in Uganda, um, and there's absolutely no access to secondary at the minute in that area. And, you know, we know they know the importance of education and we know the importance of education and we've been so blessed to have an education here um, and as Charlene's project we said like this cannot go on 
Um, so we're trying in 2020 to raise the money to build a secondary school to support those eight primary schools and the 6,500 children that are there. Um, so prayer for that. Um, as dad, my dad was out just recently and they purchased the land um, that the secondary school will be built on. And dad said, you know, the celebrations, the excitement there of the entire community was so humbling. Um, so yeah, those are kind of prayers. Which would be great. I think we actually have a video of the 2020 version. I don't know. Yeah, you have a verse and a song you'd like to finish with? You wanna yes. So just before the song plays, um, oh, well, this is a 2020 version. I'll say it after. It moves us forward. It takes us higher, deeper, further. Deep from within Charlene's heart, that vision for change, reaching others and improving their lives. It has only been possible through her vision and the support of her friends. We have children to continue her vision, to help them find that better future, supporting eight primary schools, teaching, providing resources, improving their health. But we need to go further. It will soon be 10 years since Charlene has passed. There is a vision, a dream. We call it the 2020 vision. A vision in her memory to provide hope of secondary education to every single child in these eight primary schools, paving the way for a brighter future in an entire community. With your help, we will build a secondary school to ensure these 6,500 children get that opportunity. We will complete what she started. We have committed to finish the task. 2020 Vision, a secondary school for these children. Our purpose, fulfilling Charlene's dream. Join us in making it happen. So yes, just before um, the song comes on, Charlene's favourite verse, and it was, um, you know, we found this verse written throughout all our journals. Whenever she passed, we were looking through them, and, and it was um, Romans 8, verse 31, and it was, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Um, and I think, you know, that's so pertinent and important to us all, you know, if we give, as Bethany said, our loaves and our fish over to God, um, who, you know, who says what can be the limit um, of what God can do? Um, but whenever we were looking through Charlene's laptop, whenever we finally got through the passwords, it was insane. Um, we we uh, found on Charlene's desktop a song that none of us had ever come across, and it was a song she was listening to in her last week of life. Um, and, you know, none of us knew it, but the song... Um, really hit home to us and you know we were always thinking you know what was Charlene thinking when she was listening to this song but we'll play it now because I think the song says more um, than we could really sum up in words. initials carved in an old oak tree you wait and see 
Maybe I'll write like Twango Maybe I'll paint like Van Gogh Cure the common cold I don't know but I'm ready to start Cause I know in my heart I wanna do something that matters Say something different it's a whole world on its ear I wanna do something better With the time I've been given And I wanna try To touch a few hearts in this life And leave nothing less Than something that says I was I'm all talk, you're in for a shock Cause this dream's too strong, and before too long Maybe I'll compose symphonies Maybe I'll fight for world peace Cause I know it's my destiny To leave more than a trace of myself in this place I wanna do something that matters Something different Something that sets the whole world on its ear I wanna do something better With the time I've been given And I wanna try To touch a few hearts in this life And leave nothing left But something that says I was here Something that says I was here I was here I was here I was here Round of applause, please. <laughs> thank you so much uh, to both of you. We're so grateful to God for you. Um, we're thank you so much for being so open with us uh, about hockey, about uh, Charlene, about uh, the, the future as well. Um, we wish you the best and everything. We're gonna we're gonna pray for you now. So uh, let, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are such a good God and that you work so powerfully and mightily through your people. Um, Lord, we thank you for Charlene, for the legacy that she has left, not just in Northern Ireland and hearts and lives and hearts and lives of people in this room, um, but also all across the globe. Lord, Lord we thank you um, for the work of Charlene's project. We thank you for those schools in Uganda and Guatemala and at the Turkey-Syria border as well. 
Um, Father, we pray for Charlene's project as an organization as they con- seek to continue to make an impact on lives for uh, the good of people and for your glory. Lord, we pray for that 2020 vision for the secondary school, Lord, um, that children who go through primary school that can go on to further their education to give them a better chance at um, making an impact in this world to get an education so that they can help others just the way Charlene has helped so many people as well. Father, we thank you so much for Serena and Bethany, for their faith, for their walk with you. Lord, would you continue to bless them in all areas of life? Would you continue to encourage them as they work with Charlene's project and as they're involved there? And Father, as they play hockey, as they interact with uh, Christians there and non-Christians, would you continue to bless them? Lord, would you help them to cling to you at all times, to be a witness in, in all things? after victories, after losses, uh, and the frustrations of, of weather, of training and everything, Lord, would you continue to, to help them to cling to you? Lord, uh, we thank you that you have shone so brightly through them this evening. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to do that on a day-to-day basis as well. Father, we, we thank you uh, for tonight. We pray all this in Jesus' name.